I Am Legend stars Will Smith as the last man alive in a post-apocalyptic version of New York City. The story's had two major movie adaptations before, so let's see how a modern Hollywood blockbuster handles the premise. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me is Tara. Hello. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We are working our way through a little, not disaster season, that's the wrong thing. Post-apocalyptic season, which is disastrous. Mm-hmm. I, I would say of the highest form. You can't deny that a disaster led to the apocalypse and all of these examples we've been doing. So, but likely not a natural disaster. No. Oh, no. Well, no, Threads wasn't natural. What was the first one we did? Uh, the road might have been natural. We don't know. Maybe? That was vague. We don't know. That could have been climate. You're right. What it you could argue, big. you could argue that that's still not natural necessarily, depending on how you look at it. But still, uh, anywho, yes, we'll start spoiler free as we always do, and go warn you before we get to spoilers. We are here today to talk about I Am Legend, the 2007 Will Smith film uh, directed by Francis Lawrence. Uh, this, of course, is based on I Am Legend, and we have done two previous adaptations of this same material. Um, we did The Last Man in Earth, starring Vincent Price. And we did the Omega Man starring Charlton Heston. Uh, so this is the newest example of this this story. And uh, I discovered something uh, mere moments ago about this. That you don't like it? I've not gotten to the opinions of the movie yet. <laughs> no, no, no. This is separate from the, any opinions. No, no. Uh, after I watched the movie and while I was waiting on you... Um, I was just looking up a couple of things. I wanted to remind myself of something that I won't talk about until we enter spoilers, because I, I knew that there was a pretty significant alternate ending uh, to this one. So I was refreshing my memories what the alternate ending was. Mm-hmm. I heard about this. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. But the thing that I discovered whilst I was looking for that <laughs> is that there's a sequel in development. Yeah. Uh, but what's notable about the sequel is that it's continuing from the alternate ending not the theatrical ending the alternate ending is now the canon ending and the alternate ending is very 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 different <laughs> to the way it ends in the so theatrical so the alternate cut. ending is available oh yeah it's been on discs for years yeah oh okay well yeah. i only watched this theatrical yeah it's, it's not some super secret thing like they've had it on like special edition blu-rays and stuff since like 2007 or 2008 or something like that like not long after. I, I'm pretty sure it was on the disc when it first came out. And then maybe they re-edited it in at some point for a special release. But they're they're now continuing that. Uh, we can't say why until we get into spoilers, but let's just say it does... Like This isn't like... Because you know like Blade Runner 2049 came out, and it was like, okay, it's probably continuing the intended endings, but it didn't actually like say anything that disputed the theatrical ending you could just sort of take it as a, oh it continues on from both it doesn't really yes it's vague enough yeah it doesn't knock out either of them this one definitively knocks out the theatrical ending of this <laughs> it, it cannot exist with that theatrical ending so i saw that there was a sequel in development and i i saw the cast on it and i went i wonder how they're going to do that but <laughs> yes yeah, so 
we'll get we'll get to that though when we once we're in spoilers. Uh, but yeah, so the, the premise of this is quite simple. Uh, a supposed cure for cancer ends up turning into a rage zombie-like virus that wipes out most of humanity. And Will Smith is the last that he knows of alive. He's immune and he's living in New York with his dog. And he's just surviving day to day and trying to find the cure. Because he's, mm-hmm. he's a scientist and he's, uh, he's chipping away at it, so... I saw this in theaters in 2007, and then I saw it again right before we came out to record. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it any time in between. So this was, this was realizing this was 16 years old was a bit of a a mind uh, f, if I will say. I mean, sure. Time has moved on quite a bit. The 2007 doesn't feel that long ago, but and yet somehow it is. Uh, it feels like a long time ago for me. Eh, well, I mean, it was the year I graduated high school, I suppose, so, I mean... The year I graduated boot camp. Yeah, look at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did push-ups. <laughs> I climbed a few ropes. I got no, yelled at. do any... Um, well, I definitely got yelled at. A lot. <laughs> all right, anyway, what, what, what do you think? Uh, first of all, did, I assume you saw this before. No, I've never seen this. Oh, film. you haven't? Oh, Mm-mm. that's a surprise. I I assumed this is the one of these you'd seen just because it was the the modern one with Will Smith in it. But now there there was a good, especially during that that four year period where I was in the Navy. I I really did miss out on a lot of movies. I was just busy <laughs> or didn't yeah, have okay. access to a theater. Well, I guess the question is then: now that you've watched it, um, are you sad you missed it on it back in two thousand seven? I am not. <laughs> I didn't think it was very good. In fact, uh, uh, it was really, it was really. Uh, it, it's not. It's not a good watch. I mean, none of these, none of these movies are really all that fun to watch. But no. I think even the Vincent Price one and the and the Charlton Heston one at least have some kind of fun to them, or like something but i mean all these post-apocalyptic films have been kind of so dour and then this one has like not even fun will smith you know it's like it's it's at that that turn he made where he's just only going to be sad all the time in movies and i hate watching it there's stuff with a dog that's upsetting there's like the cgi is terrible and we're just supposed to accept it but like everybody Mm. looks like rubber (laughs) um it's boring um i don't think the action's done all that well there is some suspense um it's not like terrible to look at um and it's not like will smith is bad at being sad i just don't enjoy watching him sad um it's like and you know obviously the ending is no longer canon but i do think the ending is just terrible and it just continues that whole why the hell can we make an adaptation of this book that I've not read or novella or whatever it was that I've not read, but like the title I am legend is specific to the ending of that story. And none of these movies have like, well, first of all, the last man on earth, when we talked about that, we were like, I am legend is actually a better title for that. And the Omega man, they also just left it out. (laughs) So I, like why? Why can't they get this right? Well, you're going to love when I tell you about the alternate ending. Uh, well, no, I know what it is already. <laughs> well, 
Uh, yeah, um, you would think it being called I Am Legend means this is the one they try and be more faithful, but it actually, and admittedly, it's mostly after they change the ending, it has become the least <laughs> faithful almost because of that. Uh, but, you know, we'll get into all that later. I think that's, that's too spoilery to even talk about yet. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't like it very much either. I didn't like it very much when I saw it in 2007. I think there's a couple of neat moments or ideas. Um, but even even the stuff that seemed cool in 2007, which is like maybe the opening couple of scenes where he's just driving a car through New York, and that was also in the Omega Man. Which and- was a good scene in that too. But I remembered watching this, or when we watched the Mega Man, I remember thinking, oh, but I Am Legend was a little bit cooler because they had the effects to really show, like, the city had changed, that there was, you know, grass growing out of all these cracks in Times Square and all that shit. But watching it again now, like, yeah, the the, the fakeness of it kind of sticks out a bit more. And it's, it, it, like, this, I think, so here's the thing, at the time, the monsters, the zombies, the vampires, whatever we want to call them, right? They always look shit. In 2007, they were awful. And they're still awful. The look of the city being empty and the effects they used to achieve that, at the time, that actually felt cutting edge. That felt like, oh, this is actually pretty convincing. This is quite cool looking. Watching that again now... That's one. That's something where there's, there has been a change in time. Where okay, that like maybe it's just because we've seen so much CG over so many years. Maybe our eyes get better at spotting it, and we just get so good at it. But it, that stuff is really aged poorly. Well, I mean, also this was at the around the beginning of like the zombie like obsession, and we saw it multiple times. Like we've seen so many versions of like. Oh, someone wakes up and the city is empty. Or, yeah, you know, it's just been two, done better. In 2002 and 28 Days Later. Uh, they did that in 20 Days Later, which I assume was London. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, well, it's, I'm laughing because you said that this was the start of the zombie craze. And I'm like, oh no, we were. this was way in the middle of it. Because, yeah, 28 Days Later, the Dawn of the Dead remake had already happened. Uh, Land yes. of the Dead from Romero had already happened. That, that, that was like, not a sensation, but like, but no, 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 I mean, but, Walking Dead, I would say, is more of a, like when really mainstream zombie was at its peak. When that wasn't until like 2010, I don't think. Maybe what it was earlier, I don't think I agree with that. I, I think Walking Dead is kind of this weird thing that, yeah, it was huge, but that came after the zombie craze almost. Yeah, okay, so 20 Days Later and then the um, Dawn of the Dead remake were both big successes. And then after that, it was a bunch of zombie stuff. And um, the World War Z novel was, like, huge. And, you know, that came out a few years after this. But um, I think, anyway, it's been a while since I've seen it. But The the movie came out a few years after this. The book was... I don't know the when book the book was. was. Out. The book came yeah. out, like, shortly after... Dawn of the Dead. I want to say like 2006 or something. So right? in the middle of the Hollywood craze where they were making tons of zombie movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, if I actually, even the Walking Dead comic book started in that time period as well. You, you mentioned the show coming in 2010, but the comic book I think was about 2004. This is just, I mean, this felt like, sure, maybe it's right in the middle, but it's definitely like in the hype of zombie craze. And we hadn't really seen too much of like oh empty cities before this like we had seen it in a couple other examples but you know i would say you know walking dead was another version of it um 
and uh, I don't know if there's been any other ones that have been really notable, but we've seen well, some since. Last of Us more recently. Last of Us did it, yeah, I was thinking that too, but yeah, no, it's just, it's not as exciting. <laughs> But I imagine in 2007, maybe it would have been exciting to see... Is it Los Angeles? That's uh, in this film? Are you serious? No. <laughs> yes, maybe. Whatever you think. <laughs> is it New York? <laughs> it's definitely New York. Look what the hell. <laughs> not, only, not only are you American, you live in one of these cities. <laughs> I knew it was one of them. I don't remember seeing the Statue of Liberty, so I was like, well, it's one of the other. <laughs> yeah, but you saw Times Square. You saw the uh, the Grand Central Station. Like, I'm recognizing places in this. I've never been in New York. Okay, well. Yeah, you're right. Edit that out. No, no not a chance. <laughs> not even remotely a chance I've ever You didn't that. register for some reason. I, was, I didn't register. <laughs> Uh, they also there's a whole thing about cutting off the island by you know getting rid of the bridges in the backstory. Yeah, the island of LA. <laughs> we have a tributary that runs through the uh -huh. that cuts it off. Oh, yes. Makes it an island. It's called yes. the Los Angeles River. You may have seen it in Terminator Two. Yeah, California famous for its uh, islands. <laughs> <laughs> we have islands. <laughs> I'm sure there's some tiny islands off the coast, but it's Channel not Islands. It's not the same as Manhattan. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> now I think the, the whole thing about the opening and like him wandering the empty city and it's the CG. Not only is there awful CG monsters, but there's like awful CG lions at one point. Um, the whole thing. And I, I, this is the thing. I'm not actually that big a fan of 28 Days Later. I think 28 Days Later is is good to a point, and then I think the third act is pretty rough. So I'm not even going to like speak out super heavily in the favor of that movie. But what I will say is that the opening where he is walking around like the empty streets of London, it does feel better than this. It has more of an atmosphere, and I think this extends to this whole movie, which is I think this movie just feels too glossy in Hollywood, and. I think Will Smith is a horrible casting choice, not because he's not good, not because, uh, you know, him crying at the mannequin. Yeah, he's doing he's doing a good job. All that stuff is fine. But the problem is, is that he's movie star Will Smith. And I actually think the biggest mistake that all of these adaptations have had is they keep casting huge stars of their time period in mm -hmm. each version. And I think the best thing they could do is cast someone relatively unknown. I think it'd be way more functional and way more impactful as like this because i mean it's the last guy on earth you, you need like a regular schlub to really feel <laughs> i don't know like that that sense of loneliness um i i i, I, I think there's that but maybe I, I vincent price is like the best cast one for all of these so he may be yeah honestly <laughs> vincent price he's very theatrical but he is probably he's charlton heston and will smith well they're very different obviously they're both movie stars you yeah, know yeah as much uh, as i d disliked um charlton heston's like political views and such the man the man could lead a movie not that long ago i recorded uh my review for expendable stee and me and david said the same thing about mel gibson like for all the <laughs> shittiness in real life that he is 
He's mm-hmm. a damn charismatic actor, and he he captures the screen that? every time he's on it. It's it's yeah, it's just wild. I, yeah, the whole thing is glossy in Hollywood. Uh, one of the screenwriters on this is Akiva Goldsman, who is pretty notorious for writing a lot of Hollywood wreck, uh, Batman and Robin, for example. Well, that's uh, a good movie. No, it's not good. It's pretty fantastic. <sighs> Do you think he came up with the back visa? <laughs> I know Schumacher wanted the nipples. Probably. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, he, he's done a lot of shit stuff. Uh, but spe- speaking of uh, Batman and Robin, there is a little... So this was in 2007, so we, we, we weren't anywhere close to an actual Batman Superman movie yet. So the, one of the little sort of jokes in the movie that's meant to be set slightly in the future is that there's a, a poster in Times Square for a Batman Superman movie. But notably, because this is after just after 2006, the Superman logo is the Superman Returns Ooh. version. So that, I got a the Brian out Singer of that. one. Is that Brian Singer? No. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, yeah. That guy's a POS. <laughs> yeah. So th- yeah, some unnice things have come out about him too. Yeah. <laughs> lots, lots of. Uh, was it? What do they call them? Milkshake ducks, in Hollywood. I don't know that term. It's basically when someone who's famous that you like or respect uh, turns out to have a really shitty, like, past or personal life. Ah. Like we were just talking about with (laughs) the leading men. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Hollywood. Well, not all of them, to be fair. Like, I don't... (laughs) Did Vincent Price have any scandals? No, we're talking about (laughs) Mel Gibson and... Yeah, yeah, those guys, sure. And Will Smith, to be fair, no... Uh, I mean, the slap wasn't behind. Like, it wasn't that we found out about a slap later. He just slapped someone, <laughs> like, live on TV. <laughs> you can you can judge that as you wish, because you, you saw the whole thing. <laughs> I saw it live. I couldn't believe it. Oh, dear. Maybe that's what this movie was missing, was just him going around slapping all the monsters. Maybe that would do. Only if he says, welcome to Earth. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it very much, I have to say. Uh, it's funny, because I wasn't really that into it when I saw it. I, I like it even less watching it again now. And I think all of the things I didn't like about it have all kind of amplified a bit in the time mm-hmm. since. Because like now it's not just, oh, these CG monsters are shit, and it's got a kind of a weird structure, and then the ending's really, really cheesy and bad. And it's an ending that only exists because the focus test groups said they didn't like the ending that they had before. Because sometimes people are just wrong. Okay, this is just this yeah. Is the simple I don't know. I guess I don't know how that works exactly. Like, do they just bring in friends and family, or is it randomized? Is it a certain age group? Or it, it, it's relatively random. I I was asked in the street once to go to a preview screening, uh, which doesn't oh, I've happen. Done, I've done those before actually, but um, like it's only for ten. It was only for like animated movies, comedies, and sometimes horror films. I don't know, maybe you have to be on a mailing list or something, but they, they, clearly they get these people somehow. Like, th- this this is a thing that happens, and they have to fill out a little questionnaire afterwards, and apparently they all said they didn't like the ending. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think this movie would have earned its original ending based on the rest of the film. I'd have still had some problems with it, but it was definitely what was intended, <laughs> as opposed to this yeah. ending, which is this sharp pivot, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about 
in a bit. Uh, but I suppose we should just get into... Uh, unless there's anything else you want to add before we get into spoilers. Is there anything else you want to... No. No? Okay. Well, spoilers then. For I Am Legend, you have been warned. So, here's a bit of trivia for you. You won't care about this, admittedly, but... So... Uh, Ooh, is it aspect ratio? No, no, no. Uh, one of the things <laughs> that Will Smith does in this movie when he's just passing time is he goes on an aircraft carrier and he's like hitting golf balls off uh, one of the, the jets. Uh, this aircraft carrier, I have it on good authority, is the same aircraft carrier. So he commissioned one and Hollywood has used this one before. Um, now, I don't know what other movies it's been used in. It, we might have seen it before. Who knows? It was probably in the final countdown for I know. There was, yeah, so, is it the Nimitz? No, I don't think it is. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, I do I don't know... if that's decommissioned or not. I do know it's the same one that in 1993, uh, Lex Luger body slam Yokozuna on an aircraft carrier as part of like a July 4th celebration thing. I figured if it wasn't uh, this is the same aspect aircraft ratio, carrier. then it was wrestling. So <laughs> <laughs> I know absolutely nothing this, about this is, this is such a weird bit of trivia, though. It's such a weird, obscure, like specific thing, which I, which is what makes it more interesting to me. Mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I I, you'd have to look. But yeah, it's it's, a de- it's an old decommissioned aircraft carrier that's been decommissioned since the eighties, and because of that, it's like the eighties, a Hollywood, you know, prop. <laughs> Whatever they want, one. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense because it still looks the part, you know. You, you, you know. Oh sure. As long as they clean up the outside of it, no one will be the wiser. I mean, the ship I was on was over forty years old, and that was in, oh. you know, I left in twenty ten, so it was from the seventies, maybe even sixties, late sixties at that point. Ships are very expensive to build. I, I get why they're still using some of the same ones. Yeah. Just retrofit a few new bit of technology in and you're Though, good to There go. was a new one that came out, came to my base and it was impressive. <laughs> it looked very scary. This I didn't got... get to go on it though. I really wanted to. <laughs> this has got cloaking technology because it's new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that shitty old thing that's still Unless using it was the... radar. It was named after a president. I think it was the Washington. The is Washington maybe? Mm. I don't know. It came to uh, my Japanese base and... It, was, it took up like half the base. It was so big. So yeah, uh, what do we talk about? Uh, do we talk about the endings first and then go back to the start? Just because. Well, so what we have the most to say about? Why not? Yeah. So, the, so the basic gist of the, the plot of all, this story in general, right, is that we're in a post-apocalyptic world and it's empty, barring this one man, uh, and in this case, one man and his dog, because because the past versions didn't. Both have dogs, did they? Uh, Vincent Price finds a dog at one point, yes. But okay. I think he knows Im- almost immediately that it's infected. But okay. it, it, it doesn't act like it at first. Fair enough, fair enough. I just couldn't remember. I can't uh, remember if Heston has a dog at any point. I don't think so. But he, he's just surviving and, uh, you know, he's... Depend, I mean, it varies a little bit adaptation to adaptation, but he's typically like kidnapping the odd monster to test on it to try and find a cure for this virus that's caused this. Uh, and in this adaptation, specifically, he's like the person who kind of made this in the first place. Maybe not the person who was in charge of it, but he was involved in it. And now he's actively trying to, to cure it because out of guilt, but also to save the world. So 
that's the gist of like the the premise and the idea behind the title, right? That uh, I am legend. From what I understand, it is that he becomes legend because as when we get to the end of the story, we realize that these monsters, quote unquote, are actually more civilized than he thought, and that he is legend because basically they're all scared of him like he's a boogeyman he's become a legend to them mm-hmm. because he's while this they, while they sleep during the day he goes around and and murders them yeah but it's like they're telling stories about it though which yeah. is one of the things that i still have a problem with this adaptation is that these are relatively still just mindless rage monsters who yes. like yes don't get me wrong it's clear that the main one the alpha male as he's credited as it's clear that he's pissed that his girlfriend's been taken. But beyond just that's my mating like partner, there's really nothing to suggest any like extreme level of intelligence. You know, it never like so e- even with the original ending intact, I still have I still don't think it earns the the meaning of the title by the end. But you know, no, I mean unless they've changed more than just the ending to like I don't think make so. it seem like it fits better. I, I, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think it's just the, what it is. And be, mainly because when you read about the original ending or you watch it, it does... Maybe that's what the focus group was like, hey, we don't like this ending because it's not earned. Maybe that's... No, and then no. Akiva Goldsman's like, I know how to translate this. No, they wanted a happy <laughs> ending. You know, that's what they wanted. Because here was, here's what was going to happen in the original ending, right? The original ending is that when they storm his house at the end... Uh, and go down at the basement where he's got his lab and they're trying to break in through the glass and the original ending the alpha male was going to make the shape of a butterfly because his female partner that was on the operating table that you know will smith's already kidnapped has a butterfly tattoo um and that was going to be like how he realized oh shit he just wants her back now I actually think it's really obvious that this is why he's pissed in the theatrical cut. He clearly wants his, his, his wife back, or whatever the correct terminology is here. Companion, yeah. Yeah, he, that's clearly what he wants. It's clearly what's got him so upset. Um, which is fair enough. That doesn't surprise me. But in the original ending, Will Smith sort of looks at all these photos on the wall of all of his previous test subjects and sort of like becomes horrified at the idea that he's been kidnapping these these you know beings that do actually care about each other and they're actually like all angry at him for doing this and you know this is effectively him realizing that he's become you know a legend to them um and the original ending he gives her back and they back away slowly and he apologizes for taking her and then the movie ends with him and the the woman and the kid that show up driving away together sort of with an ambiguous like maybe we'll find something maybe we want this hope mm. right and that was that was the thing so i don't think i still don't think that sounds good and i don't think it would like make the movie good but it at least is kind of tying into what the original intent of the, na- the name is meant to be which is fair the theatrical cut <laughs> on the other hand uh this butterfly thing never happens, so we never even noticed that she has a butterfly tattoo. I assume there was probably some close-ups of it earlier on that they took out because it wasn't going to be referenced at the end. Um, but Will Smith instead gives them the cure because obviously she starts this woman in the table. The monster starts to turn back into a regular human. So he, he takes a blood sample, hands it to the lady, hands it to Anna, and says, take the kid 
and go. And then he whips out a grenade and he blows himself and all of them up. And then we get this incredibly tacked on scene of Anna arriving at this colony in Vermont. I think that's what she said where this was. And it's like a survivor's colony, a walled off town with lots of people, which is weird because the whole movie made it feel like there was no one around and it was like a miracle that even she showed up. Mm-hmm. And the narration is her saying, yes, uh, Will Smith was a great man and he dedicated his life to finding a cure. This is his myth. This is his legend. And it, which completely changes the meaning of the title. It, it turns yeah. it into, you know, his legend is that he cured humanity after he helped fuck over in the first place. I know. Like, would his, it wouldn't make more sense if his legend is that he's the one who began it all. Like, even if that was, like, the big reveal yeah. at the end was, like, it was actually him that did this. And so, yeah. well, he is legend. It's Emma Thompson, because the bit of the TV at the start shows her being all proud that she's cured cancer. She's- yes. Mm-hmm. She's, she's uncredited. She's uncredited, like by the way. <laughs> I saw that. Why her. would that be the case? She's. I mean, she's so recognizable. Uh, well, sometimes they do it so they don't spoil a cameo. But this is like she's literally it's the very first the scene. Opening, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of weird in that case because it's not. It's like uh, I mean, I suppose you could see it in IMDb, but no, you don't see any names before she pops up. So it's not like it's going to, you know, surprise anyone. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be like, oh, this is the new Will Smith Emma Thompson movie, but like, why aren't they promoting Emma Thompson in it? It's like, oh, because she's only in the opening, like, setup of the film. This is the reverse Brian Cranston. They they went too quiet. Instead of promoting <laughs> her like she's one of the stars of the movie, they 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 went in the opposite direction and just pretending she doesn't exist. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Neither method is absolutely correct, might I add. <laughs> they're they're both they're both flawed. <laughs> both flawed so yeah the end the endings are a baffling thing so so when i said earlier that they're doing a sequel and they're continuing it from the original ending the alternate ending will smith's alive because he didn't blow himself up with a grenade he yeah, just exists listed as a cast uh, in the cast list and it, i mean unless they de-age him and do a you know flashback which I don't know why that would matter since he was, he's only met two people since this whole incident happened. So why would there be flashbacks for him? So, yeah. So I guess he's going to be in the new movie if it ever gets made. But like, this is so weird though. Like most people haven't seen that ending. Like most people who have seen the original film won't, will all think he's dead and won't understand why he's just alive. I mean, maybe this is like one of those Halloween reboots or something where it's like, oh, it's the same cast, but um, we're only taking the <laughs> the first movie <laughs> as canon. But or, but, but no, this but... is only like, you know, three-fourths of the movie is canon. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work, though, because it it's mostly still the same movie that's still going to be canon. It's just the ending that's different. Yeah. That's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. And again, my, my main problem with this more than anything in either ending is that these beings are, are just screaming monsters. Like, they show... Like... Like, they show some sign of intelligence and in that they set a trap for him at one point. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. But they, they never, like... I don't know, it's just an indication that they're communicating with each other in some way would probably help because... Th- and maybe it's partly just because they look like such shit because it's just they're all awful CGI. <laughs> that yeah, doesn't help they, either. They really don't look good. 
So yeah, the, the, all all of this I don't uh, I can't get on board with any of it. It's all it all sucks. Also, like, why is it being made anyway? Like, is this movie a big hit for people? Do people like this film? It made just under six hundred million dollars when it came out. So I guess <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's it. I I'm going to be honest though. I think this may be an Independence Day two situation where no one gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Last, this last wasn't look. like announced like five years ago, and then hasn't actually gone into development of any kind. Or they confirmed some details earlier this year, so I, th- I think the ball is supposed to be starting to roll. That said, though, all these strikes are you know <laughs> probably putting yes. more hindrance in it. They definitely uh, need writers and actors. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, yeah, the whole thing's a bit weird. I obviously I don't care about a sequel. I don't want a sequel. I couldn't give a shit. Uh, Akiva Goldsman's the one working on it as well, so it's not like there's going to be a, like an uptick in quality. <laughs> yeah, you and David have fun with that one. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> I mean, I might go see it just out of morbid curiosity. Oh, uh, solidarity, eh? Maybe I'll yeah. I'll wait for it to be streaming. Uh, hell, how dare you! Uh, and it's not even like the directors like went on to have like a great like. He, basically, the director went on to do most of the uh, Hunger Games movies. Like, basically all of them except the first one is this guy. Uh, and he also did Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, I heard of it. I heard of it too. Did not look particularly interesting. And he's, he's even done the new Hunger Games, the one that's coming out in like a month or two. That's him there's too. There's a new one? There's a, there's a new Hunger Games prequel coming out. Oh, okay. Because everything has to be milked. Maybe, I mean, that maybe is more interesting if we could see, like, what how the world got to that point. Or if it's just... It's going to be the first Hunger Games, isn't it? It's, it looks... The trailer looked quite bad. It looked like a trashy teen, like, young adult romance. More so than the actual Hunger Games movies look. Because the Hunger Games movies still revolved around, you know, the Hunger Games. <laughs> Was there a romance in that one? There was some romance, uh, but it, like I say, it was it wasn't as much the central focus, at least to begin with, because there was a plot as well. <laughs> Whereas the new one looks like it's going to be like I've got an idea for a game, also teen romance. I've only seen the first Hunger Games movie, and it wasn't for me. It was fine, but like it wasn't for me. Yeah, fine is the, the, the exact thing. The second one was a little bit better, and then the two part like third so third and fourth kitchen fire i don't know mocking jay did you say kitchen fire catching fire i don't like the idea though of of like a a cook like a home cooking hunger Games show called (laughs) hunger games i mean i mean hunger fits in with that you're hungry when you want to cook something that's true (laughs) kitchen fire the Hunger Games catching fire is funny. We're going with a small story, you know. <laughs> Dial it back. Uh, I don't know how you fit Mockingjay or... Uh, the new ones get such a trashy-sounding title. Like, it's one of those things where the writers like up their own ass with the title. It's like... Ooh, is I- it Resurrection? Ooh, Awakening? <laughs> no, no, it's way longer. It's like Hunger Games, uh, Songbird, and Fire something something. <laughs> It's, it's, it's really cheesy <laughs> it's, it's not good um, 
So, yeah, so we should go back and talk. I mean, what's the... So what, what, uh, we're kind of going backwards here, <laughs> rather than going forwards, but I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about how one of the things that really upsets me in this movie, uh, and upset me when I originally saw it, is how much of like a coincidence and convenient thing that this new person shows up right when Will Smith's in a lot of trouble. Like, there's been no indication of another living being on the island of Manhattan the mm-hmm. entire time. And don't get me wrong, I did always expect someone would eventually show up. They make a point of saying, Will Smith's going out and he's broadcasting on all frequencies that he's there, he'll be here every day at noon, blah, 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 blah. They, they do the whole thing. It happened in the other two movies, so... Yeah, absolutely. But the way it happens when he's just about to be killed, and it's like this deus ex machina coming in to like, save well, him... That's so exciting. <laughs> that's my point, though. Is it's just it's just uh, Hollywood, uh, you know, cheese. And mm-hmm. they even bring this up. The character, Anna, says, do you think it's a coincidence I showed up just as you need me to? And then she says, it's because I heard God. God told me to come in uh, here and maybe it was to save you. And that's the, you know, like I was already out, but my eyes just started to roll. I was just like, oh, come on. Like, because yeah. there's no nuance here. There's, there's no... Like examination of like okay she's 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 turned more towards religion because of the state of the world and she has this idea of faith there's no time for an arc where will smith gains any kind of faith i mean i know he says as he's panning over the 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 cure or the potential cure to her he's like this this is why you were sent here to take this cure but i kind of just feel like he's saying it that way so she'll do it <laughs> not because he actually believes that yeah that's true so um... I yeah, I, I I also sort of hated all of the flashbacks to his family. You know how, mm, like, yeah, we just yeah. did The Road, which uh, was an, I wouldn't say an enjoyable movie, but was definitely a good movie. It's better and, than this, for sure. Yeah, and I like the, um, the flashbacks in that were like, okay, here we go. Here's where we get, like, the information. But they felt very dreamlike. It felt very much like just scattered memories nothing specific you know just like moments that he used to have with his wife or maybe some moments that were like a bit more traumatic for his family um they weren't like like these flashbacks where every time he falls asleep we get okay picks right back where the memory left off and now he's gonna dream a little bit more for us and it just felt so phony (laughs) and his child was so like uh oh, butterfly, like, kid, the apocalypse is happening. This is so dumb. And, yeah, but, of course, uh, this is, because they keep bringing up the butterfly thing. Yeah, that ties into what the original ending was going to be, though. I, I think that was the point, is that because this this monster likes a butterfly, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, my daughter liked a butterfly. Like, that there is humanity in there because that's something my daughter also liked. Like, I think that was, like, part of the, the point and why it was emphasized so much. Yes. But it was also just, like... For me, it, it felt like, oh, that was the signal, like the pay attention to the butterfly, like the butterfly mm. is going to be the, this, or this thing that gives you the signal, like, oh, this is the time that I, I joined my family again. Like I uh. sacrificed myself, even though it's a grenade, just throw the grenade and leave like, like the other two did, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, I think you have to read that as he wants to die. <laughs> like he's just ready to go at that point. Mm-hmm. 
which and i didn't get the impression that the alpha was purposefully making a butterfly in the glass because that's kind of hard to do when you're just using your forehead well, no, no. to well, no, i no, thought no, no, it was no. just coincidentally it looked like a butterfly the way the, the glass broke wait did it still make a butterfly on the theatrical ending yeah i never noticed i i didn't think he actually also made a butterfly i assumed they reshot it to not because make the butterfly he goes to do the last like the last headbutt and everything goes silent and then will smith sees that it's a butterfly and everything's like calm for a moment I think I was reading about the ultimate ending. <laughs> that <does get> shot. <laughs> that's okay. I didn't know it was New York. <laughs> yeah, that's way sillier. Uh, it's okay. I accept. Um, that's just stupid, though. So in the original ending, he was intentionally making a butterfly with smashing his head against the glass. That's stupid. I See, I thought it was just a coincidence that it looked like a butterfly. No, no, he's intentionally... And the alternate ending, which I've not seen, I just read about it, He's intentionally making a butterfly yeah. because uh, the, the 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 woman on the table has a butterfly tattoo. It was a, yes. a it was he was trying to communicate. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, he makes a butterfly in this, and maybe that's why I didn't make that connection that that was supposed to be for the girl on the table. Well, because you, 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 we, you we, how could I? Yeah, yeah you exactly. couldn't have. It, like, there's nothing in this cut to show you that that's like a the connection. The only thing to that connects it to is his kid saying, Daddy, look at the butterfly. Well, like, all the helicopters are going off and blowing people up to fight the pandemic. What? Get back here. <laughs> <laughs> You missed a great joke. I doubt it. <laughs> what were you saying? Um, the butterflies are dumb. In general? It's a bit harsh, but alright, I can go on board with it. I mean, I like them. Um, yeah, I just... There's a whole, like... It feels like they introduced these characters too late to the end of the movie, like the, the woman and the kid, to really do anything meaningful with them. So everything she mentions about this colony that might have survived, it does sound really kind of tacked on and phony. Um, her religious beliefs don't, don't feel like they can be explored because we like it's literally brought up and then within a minute they're being attacked and they don't <laughs> have time to really do anything with it. So like everything's just kind of undercooked in the ending. Um, and that leads to the, the structural problem, which is you go a lot of this movie where Will Smith doesn't actually have much of like a, you know, obviously he's got a goal to like find a cure, but there's not really much he's actively doing to achieve that. So there's not really like, it's quite late in the movie before there's a real kind of like shit, we need to do something for this. Like a lot of the film is him with the dog. They're kind of looking for food because they see a deer here or there and they try to get the deer. But there's not really much of a driving momentum throughout the plot for a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that leads it to feeling quite dull. And yeah, occasionally the dog runs into a dark area and because the dog can still be infected if it's bit, it's quite tense because Will Smith's scared of losing his dog. And that makes sense. It's the one creature he's got like to talk it's to. It's also like one of the scenes that I actually enjoyed. I'm like, oh, this is actually tense because I do care about the dog. I think it's a decent enough little horror scene until we see the enemies 
once we Until see them... Until they start roaring at you, yeah. Yeah. Once we <laughs> see them, I completely stop giving a shit. And it's the same. There is not a single moment in this movie where they're on screen and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. They look so bad that it doesn't matter what the context is. Every um, time it's bad. Literally the first time you see them and they've all got like their backs turned, like they're all mudging down on something. And at first you're like, oh crap, did they find the dog? Um, that scene is still like pretty horrific. And also he's like not, not um, engaged with them yet. Like they still haven't noticed him, even though they shined a light on them. Um, and I'm, but I'm not sure what the mechanics are for that kind of enemy. Maybe they don't see the light or whatever. Um, it's not until one of them turns around <laughs> and you see the faces of them and their faces are so CGI. That's where I'm just like, ugh, I hate this. Yeah. It's but, not it, but it was, it was genuinely uh, a good scene. On, on, the, on the light thing though, uh, we do know that they can see light because they intentionally smash lights later because it hurts them. Yeah, they so, avoid it. So it's, yeah. not, it's not just daylight that hurts them. It's, it's, it's just even, even like uh, artificial light, if you want to call it that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a light's light. It's, but you know what I mean? It's not sunlight. <coughs> You know, manufactured yeah, light. Yes. The vampires. <laughs> well, no, because vampires are famous light bulbs. Are they still, like... Yeah, but these enemies are not... I guess they're not really zombies, even though they're, they're this movie's made like a, a zombie film, but, like, so are the other ones, so fine. But um, are they still called vampires in this? No, no. There's not even... I don't even think it alludes to the fact if because if anything they're eating they're not drinking blood so if anything it's more zombie like in this by far. Yeah, and but Will Smith never refers to them as vampires. Nope. Okay. Like I mean, they wouldn't be traditional vampires anyway. Even the first film didn't have that, but. No, but the, but the idea of them being vampires was still something that was there. Like that's what that's why he referred to them as yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, zombies is a more correct term, but he never uses that either. No. The the only name we ever get for them is the uh, the Dark Seekers, which is rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> Definitely would have been the thing that people called their loved ones who had turned. <laughs> I mean, I understand it. They don't like the light. They go and hide in the dark. Like, I get the the, the meaning behind it. It still sounds shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So. I mean, monster would be like a, I don't know, maybe that would be harsh if it was like actually someone you loved who turned to be like, oh, now they're a monster. I mean, but. this is a problem in every zombie thing when they don't want to use the word zombie. We get the infected, the walkers, the, you know, like we, we get all these different terms and it's always like they're trying to dance around calling them zombie. I think with this one, it's kind of slightly interesting in that because they're not zombies in the source material... I get why technically the, the script never has the word zombie, but that's mm-hmm. really what they are. They're basically just zombies. Yeah. Uh, the, the zombies that are hurt by light, like vampires. <laughs> I wish the dog survived. That's, I mean, that's the one scene that everyone remembers from this movie. It's that the dog is obviously an adorable, big, helpful dog, um, and it's signposted all the way throughout that he's going to die because he brings up that he can be infected uh, by a bite. Mm-hmm. He's, he's immune to the airborne virus. Um, all dogs seem she to be. She is a dog. Yeah. Sorry, she, yeah. Uh, all dogs seem to be. But if she gets bit, she will turn. And, uh, you know, sure enough, it, you know, she goes out in a blaze of glory saving Will Smith because Will Smith's been attacked by a zombie dog. Uh, but then you see it limping and he tries to save her with his cure that's not quite ready yet. It doesn't work. 
so he has to i mean it's off camera but uh, the implication is that he's strangling her to kill her yeah he waits till she turns and then he strangles her i we we assume that's what he's doing yeah but like come on why not let the dog survive let her be the last doggy on earth I mean, it's one of the only effective moments in the whole movie, so... In it is way, very emotional, yeah. Uh, Although the mannequin scene also kind of worked, but... It... Yeah, but the mannequin scene's a knock-on effect to this, though, because it's after this where he goes he goes and... That's when he cries at the mannequin and says, please say hello, because he's... Yeah, he's, he's definitely lo- super broken after that. Yeah, he's snapped because he's lost the one person, uh, you know, person in quotations, that he has, which is the dog. Mm-hmm. So he, he goes to the mannequin and starts... Uh, cried and saying please say hello please please um and part of me thought you know what if this was an interesting movie we'd hear a voice say hello <laughs> right <laughs> if this was a good and then movie that's, is that when the the woman shows up no 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 no. this is just in his head but you just you'd hear something say hello and maybe even he'd have a full conversation with the voice to show how sort of like kind of crazy he's got. i don't know if, that, if that's necessary you could just do a wilson situation I mean, I'm not saying it's necessary. I'm just saying it would be interesting. It would mean the movie would be doing something like that isn't just boring for for two minutes. You want the, you want the David Lynch adaptation of I Am Legend? Well, that's was, always going to be a yes. I know. I, I mean, I don't know if I associate that with David Lynch, but like, no, I'm saying like later on when the the woman and the kid have shown up, right? There's a scene where he wakes up after she's patched them up and he gets up and she's making breakfast and she's been all nice. The, the kid's just kind of been quiet and he gets kind of angry because he's sort of struggling to like cope with the fact that he's talking to human beings again and uh, he was saving that bacon for something and he throws a plate against the wall and they back away in fear, right? And Anna, for this scene, is very, very scared of him. The idea that, okay, we found a person, we're all excited, but what if he's dangerous? And I think maybe you could have played this up a bit more and you could have started it with this scene where he's talking to the mannequin that maybe he is just outright losing his mind. And no one would blame him for it. It'd be very sympathetic because of course he might be losing his mind. I might lose my mind if I was the last person and I haven't spoken to anyone in literally years. It's possible. It would be the only time I would learn all the lines to the movie Shrek because otherwise I'm not watching Shrek again. (laughs) Yes, he watches Shrek a lot. He likes Shrek. Yes. Uh, he's working his way through all the movies and the movie store, uh, which, honestly, looking for posters in the background of the movie store is one of the best bits of the whole movie. <laughs> Did you see any you liked? Uh, I saw Deep Blue Sea. I saw a Teen Titans poster, so I guess that was another fake movie thing they were doing. Mm. Oh, check, us. check out uh, Teen Titans in the future, maybe. You think Goldsman had a had had that in mind? I hope this not. is a Warner Brothers movie, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I guess it would have to be if there's all that DC stuff. Yeah, yeah that's that's why they did the Batman Superman things because they they could. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, they could have paid for it as well, but I mean, this is cheaper. We own it already. <laughs> mm-hmm. They could have done a Space Jam two. I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying, do something interesting with the character, like. I think part of the problem with this movie is that there is nothing interesting about this guy. He 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 is so plain as far as who he is. 
like yeah he's trying to survive and we get these flashbacks to when his wife and daughter died when they were trying mm-hmm. to evacuate the city and it's whatever but he, like other than getting sad once his dog's dead it, it never feels like he has anything else like personality wise about him um yeah and when you cast will smith in 2007 i'm still expecting to enjoy it like i'm expecting to sit down and enjoy a charismatic man on screen and we just get sad will smith which means we get absolutely zero charisma and just like take me seriously as an actor so i can get my oscar role <laughs> yeah he was never getting an oscar for this he, no. he did eventually win an oscar the same night he slapped a man funnily enough but yep uh not not for i am legend i have i haven't seen that movie but i'm sure he's great in it honestly i feel like this is the like i feel like nine out of ten movies that win either best actor or best actress are movies that no one ever sees or talks about once that award's been given out like best movie yeah people see those nominations they talk about those forever but for some reason there's just always the best actor or best actress one of the two will always be something that is only known because of that performance and then it'll never be mentioned again people can you know can people can win best uh, best performance without being in the best movie so I mean, I, not, well, that's not what I'm really saying. I'm saying that sometimes the, the pickings are slim and they have to scrape the barrel just to look for something that's got an actor in it that everyone knows. Yeah, I guess. But there are exceptions. Like, there are people who, like, there are usually at least one actress on the list where I'm just like, I haven't seen this movie. I don't know who she is, but she's been around for, like, 60 years acting i guess <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying it's very frequent particularly with the acting awards where i'm just like i barely know what this thing is and no, like no one's going to talk about it in a week they, they just yeah. aren't right if i mean if, if i asked you right now which movie did will smith win best actor for could you tell me yes king richard okay well fair enough but i could have told you that <laughs> I, I he was also nominated for Ali, right? I thought that was like 2001. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about the same night or something like that. Like, <laughs> Ali from 2001. Well, it wasn't the, yeah. So it wasn't the first time he was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> I mean, I don't really care, but <laughs> good to know. I mean, I watch the Oscars. <laughs> Every year, boy, are they <laughs> spiraling down so fast. But I continue to hope every time. I'm like, either make this a complete train wreck, or I'm just going to laugh at everybody, or make this good again somehow. I don't know. Well, that's, well, that's the sad part. Is you know, The thing about the slap is that it actually like got people talking about it when no one else, no one cared until mm-hmm. someone got slapped. And then all of a sudden, I know. it was entertaining. I texted you because you weren't watching it. <laughs> I know I wasn't watching it because Will Smith just slapped somebody or he slapped Chris Rock. (laughs) Yeah, I like how you said that. Like you didn't know who the other guy was. Some dude was on stage. (laughs) Some dude was on stage and Will Smith slapped him. I don't know who he was. Some 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 (laughs) random innocent man just stepped up. I I think I thought that he punched him at first. Um, yeah. Well, you also thought Ellie was New York, so I mean, clearly you're not a credible witness. Fine, I'll get my prescription checked. For my eyes. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm sure there's other things in this movie we're supposed to talk about. Uh, um, 
Like, there is, like, one scene where he's, like, looking for supplies or something, and he's, like, breaking into an apartment during the day, and finds, like, you know, like, there's, like, the biohazard stuff all over the bed. It's just, it's just meant to be this sad moment, because he, he looks in the kid's bedroom, and there's two cribs, and it's like, oh, this is, like, a, a family that died, and, you know, we're meant to feel sad or whatever. Um, I think what feels disingenuous about it is that, like, everything in this movie tells us he's been doing this for a while like everything he's doing he's been like in fact in the in the scene in the movie store he says because he's using it as a rental place he's coming back and putting them back and taking out the next one he says that he's halfway through the g section implying that he's working his way through the movies alphabetically because well why not well maybe he should stop watching shrek so many times the point I'm making, though, is that he's clearly been doing this for a while. That's a lot of movies that he's gotten through. So, I mean, how many, like, kids' bedrooms has he seen by this point? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It, just, it feels a little yeah, bit Yeah, like, funny why would it me. trigger something now? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, but it made me think of my dead daughter. Yeah, but everyone, every room you've been into for the past three years <laughs> has made you think of your dead daughter. Jesus. I just... It just, it feels a little bit funny to me. And then, on top of that, like, they set up these, like, key dynamics, right? The, the one the one rule they set up definitively is that these things don't come out during the day. And that's fine, okay? Simple rule. But they push it to the point, the, the breaking point, right? So, he kidnaps a woman. He sets up a trap, and it kidnaps the woman monster, right? And that's the one that he does some tests on and seems to be kind of half cured by the end of the movie. But when he kidnaps her... It pisses off the alpha male zombie. And the next day, one of the mannequins is like standing out in front of um, one of the famous buildings. I can't remember which one. Um, but he's like, wait a minute. Fred, why are you there? Because he, t- he talks to all the mannequins, right? That's one of the things. Mm-hmm. He's like, Fred, why are you there? Tell me you're real. Tell me you're real. And he goes up and he shoots it a bunch of times. He's freaking out. He's lost his cool. But when he goes up to actually check on the mannequin after he shot it, he actually steps in a trap and sure enough they've used the same type of trap in him that he used on the woman zombie so and because he hits his head on the way up he gets knocked out and the dog's barking up at him and when he comes to it's kind of dusk right you know the sun's setting and it's like oh they have they've set this up during the night so that he'll be trapped and he'll still be dangling there come night time when they can come out and get him right so far so good this is all solid mm-hmm. logic. This all makes sense. It's shown that they have some intelligence. That's fine. But where it falls flat, other than the fact that these CG dogs look terrible when they come out, is that they do this thing where the sun's setting and they expect me to buy this slither of sunlight is like stopping these dogs from like just running to them. I'm like, jump through it quickly. Like, like <laughs> it's not going to go through all your fur that quick, right? You'll, you'll be fine. But not only that, is that this this slither of sunlight is like shrinking, and the, the the whole point is that it's counting down till it's gone, and that's when they're going to be unleashed and come towards him. And he's he's been stabbed in the leg by accident. Um, well, actually, this was that's annoying me as well. Actually, is he cuts himself down? He's got a knife to cut himself down from the trap. And all I was thinking during watching this was, right, are you holding on to the top bit so you don't just fall as soon as you've cut the rope? Uh, no, he was not. He fell, and the knife landed in his leg. And I thought, you idiot. This this is on you. Okay? All I was thinking about was the dog. Like, get that dog out of there before. 
Now, when it I, comes. I don't care about Will Smith. <laughs> I don't remember much. I remember this is the scene where the dog was going to bite it, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, I knew it was coming. Uh, so I had, he, I had to go hold my doggy for a little bit. But he's crawling away, right, with his injured leg, and this, this ray of sunshine, which is coming down the street, his shadows on either side, is shrinking until it eventually shuts and the dogs run at him. And what really bothered me about this is not only is it this super specific direct one lane of sunlight coming down this street, is that there's it's literally the only one. Like, when the camera <laughs> looks down the other, the, the rest of the street, right, you don't see, like, similar lanes coming out of every other, like, you know, street that turns, right? Because, you know, so that so this street's perpendicular, right, to the, the street that Will Smith's on, and the sun's coming down this street, right? Makes sense. So obviously that's facing west, right? Simple enough. But... That would mean that every single street going back the way, every time there's another turn, there should be another lane of sunlight. But there, there isn't. There should be. Yeah. And so why don't the dogs just go around? That's also a good point. Why not just... <laughs> like, there's, there's just... This just felt so fake. This, I'm not saying it's quite as bad, but this is the sort of thing that makes me think of like the running from the ice and day after tomorrow. It's like you're just... You're pushing the limits of believability. Well, that's a good movie. On the, no, it's not. Tara... Just no. Yes, Peter. Just, just no. Okay. You need help. <laughs> what? Because I like fun. <laughs> you can like bad movies all you want, but don't, don't sit here and try and say they're good. Don't pass them off as actual quality. No, well, that movie had wolves in it. Yeah, it's horrible CG wolves. <laughs> but they served a purpose. Technically, sure. <laughs> I mean, technically, these bad CG dogs served a purpose. Yeah, but they served a purpose to kill another dog, and I didn't appreciate that. Uh, it's like arguing with a... With a what, Peter? <laughs> I feel like no end of the sentence is not going to get me in trouble, <laughs> so I'm not going to finish it, but... I just want everyone to know I'm stressed. <laughs> and that Tara is the, the name I've given to my pain. Anyway, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about. I think we've kind of covered like all the major scenes anyway. I mean, uh, is there anything else before that bit that's worth mentioning? Um, I think the score was okay. It's kind of forgettable. <laughs> Uh, there's some Bob Marley songs he plays quite a few times. Oh, um, yeah. He likes watching old recordings of the news to pretend that he's having a normal morning. Uh, he feeds I can his, see that being alright. He feeds his dogs like full human meals, but it doesn't seem healthy for the dog, to be honest. But whatever. Yeah, I think he gave him like a or gave the dog a tomatoes. I don't think tomatoes are good for dogs. I thought it was like a curry. I thought he made the dog like a curry that had like a side of veg. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> the dog did not appreciate the vegetables. No. Well, his dog, you know. So, I mean, some dogs might like a vegetable, but uh, most, I don't think, my, would. My dogs eat, or my dog eats vegetables. Yes. Yeah, but you're vegan, so you, you've basically broken her into submission. <laughs> she eats it. Yeah, well... Some dogs will eat anything, right? I think that's the key <laughs> thing here. This dog has standards. <laughs> yeah. I have imposed mine on my dog. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, honestly, like, so much of the first, like, half hour of the movie is just, like, what is his day-to-day life? And, it, you know, it's driving around, it's maybe looking for food, it's going to the, the pier, waiting to see if anyone shows up, it's going and getting a movie, it's talking to a few mannequins, but there's not a lot of drive, there's not a lot of, like, actual momentum to, like, progress you through a plot. It's just kind of waiting around for something to happen, and that's because the character is effectively waiting around for something to happen. Except for random little moments of danger because, you know, his dog runs into a dark building and there could be monsters in there. Yeah, I seem to remember the the opening of the Vincent Price one also being kind of similar as just like, this is his daily routine. And mm. it was very much like, oh, he's got to put his shirts together and iron them. Like, who's he ironing them for? Whatever. Like, this is just a thing he needs to do. He needs a ritual. And yeah. I think that Charlton Heston one, I want to say, opened up with him just shooting through windows while driving around in a sports car it was a red car it was, it was a very similar <laughs> open to this and that he's in a red car yeah. at the start um i would say that um what the, i guess what I, what i think is missing is that there's not really an inciting incident like mm-hmm. you know because like, the the virus being a thing isn't the inciting incident that's the background that's what sets up the world that we're in but his actual plot that should propel the movie needs an inciting incident and you know, maybe that could be something as simple as, I don't know, a monster shows a sign of intelligence, so it makes him want to, like, try and capture her to try and study her or something, you know? But it's just something yeah. that propels yeah, 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 an right. action, and I don't think that the movie has that, at least not for a long-ass time. He's very reactive to things around him rather than being proactive because something has motivated something that he should do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that just makes it really kind of, like, I don't know, meandering? I guess, until eventually the dog's in danger. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's a frustrating movie, and I think it's a bad script that doesn't, like, it doesn't construct a story that has momentum, and fundamentally, that is a huge problem. All stories, they can be unconventional, but they all need to have some kind of momentum, something that the character cares about, that he's building to. And the only thing we ever really get is that he's trying to find a cure, and that in some level he's... Because I think the fact that the cure does kind of work by the end, also, like, because the impression I was getting when he's like, no, I need to find a cure, and Anna's looking at all the photos of all the failed attempts, I was, to me, it was feeling like the movie was saying, he feels so guilty and he's not accepted the loss of his family, and that he had a part to play in this apocalypse, so he needs to think he can fix it, even though he really has to let go so that they can mm-hmm. move on into whatever the new world is. But he's not. So, but then he actually does make a cure, <laughs> and it's like exactly. Oh. So th- there is no. It goes against what the themes of the movie should be. Yes. <sighs> and then, of course, the the entire theatrical ending just goes against what the entire point of the story in the first place is. Yes. This is just a new type of species now, so that, that, it's their world. That's what's so sad about none of these adaptations being that great, right? Like the other ones were okay, but not great. And the sad part of that they're, is, yeah, they were more watchable than this one. The sad part of that is that on paper, I actually do like the idea that we follow the guy who we think is the hero, but by the end realize, oh no, he's actually the villain because this new society are actually like good to each other. 
and he's mm-hmm. this like boogie man who's like killing them in their sleep that <laughs> he's actually the shape <laughs> that is a cool premise and i'm sure that's yeah. why the original story is good but yeah and we empathize with him because he's a he's a human and he's got guilt yeah, yeah. And so we we're rooting for him but like oh no we're supposed to who's the but, real monster but none know? of these movies have found a way to translate like the build-up like to act what is surprisingly a simple premise you know yeah but none of them know how to build up to that point where we get to that realization like there needs to be a story before that point to get there and none of the movies have really achieved that and it just feels like which I, i'm not sure if the original story is a short story but it wouldn't surprise me if it is like a shorter story and i want to say it was like a novella or something right which is a which is in the short side, right? A novella's smaller. Or was it? Uh, it was in the very first episode of the Twilight Zone. I want to say because he was looking at he was in that he was there's like a, a a thing of books that he spun around and like half of them were the Last Man on Earth. Okay, it's 160 pages. Uh, the it first was edition. Then, yeah. Yeah. So, but that, that's a short novel, though. To be fair, 160 is not long. Yeah. No, you can knock it out in a day. Yeah, yeah, I, I might even build with that in a day, and I, I'm a hella slow reader, so, um, yeah, I, yeah, it, it, and I wonder if part of it as well is that because it's a book and you can like have the character narrating or talking about what he's thinking, that obviously means that a lot of these earlier parts, even if it is more of a direct adaptation for some of this stuff. It mm-hmm. probably is better in the book because you're hearing what he's thinking and he's talking about why he's doing things and why he needs to achieve something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that just working better in that format. You kind of have to, you have to adapt it to a sense where we understand visually why he's doing things and why he's trying to achieve something. And I think that's the problem is that it doesn't feel like he is trying to achieve something beyond just the the big vague, I'm trying to find a cure. But that doesn't necessarily give us a. A simple, like, okay, thing happened, so he has to do something to help prevent something, or he has to do something because, oh, his dog is sick, he needs to go find dog medicine. That's a goal. That would work. Like, I don't know, something. But it's just kind of like, nope, here's these regular days until something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's a better way of doing this, I'm sure there is, and maybe one day we'll get the the really good adaptation, but as of right now, I think this is the weakest of the three. I would agree with that. Also, like, he's the last man. There's plenty of food for him, like canned food and, Mm -hmm. you know, pantry stuff that probably will last ages. Like, does he really need to go hunting and risk um, his dog like that? I'll just, I'll never forgive him. I think he's, yeah, I think it's a very good point. He's clearly got tons of options. I think it's just that obviously the meats ran out, so it's just the There's exciting. canned meat. Yeah, there's some canned meat, yeah. Maybe he just likes fresh deer. <laughs> well, that requires electricity, which he does have. He's got a lab set up, but. Yeah. On TV, Shrek's on. Mm-hmm. That's true. He's ever watched Shrek. And he knows it word for word. For some reason um <laughs> so fair enough maybe he's daughter like so that's the only explanation for this is that, that that's, that's what the I, that's what i figured that's the kind of went into a trance when the other yeah. kid was watching it that's the irony is that this is not something he's learned because of the apocalypse this is something that he learned before the apocalypse because his daughter just watched it every day <laughs> yeah. 
it's like parents, uh, modern day par- parents with Frozen or something, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Or, the old likes to let it go. Yeah, or Moana, maybe? Encanto? I've Whatever. Not seen, I've not <laughs> seen these other ones, I can't reference them. Mm, they're all great. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> oh dear. Alright, what, what do you give an eye on Legend? Um, I think I'm just going to stick with the five. I know we've been kind of talking about it being lower than that for most of this, but I mean, it's got some production value. I can see why maybe people had a good time in the theater munching on popcorn, but um, it's just not enough for me to really recommend it, but also not enough for me to be like, don't watch it. Like there are people who definitely enjoy this film, but yeah, it's just not for me. Yeah. I'm baffled at the 7.2 average in IMDb. It's absolutely maddening. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going with a four. Uh, like, I think I remembered it being like a six, but watching it again, like honestly, the like the pacing isn't very good. The ending is a complete turd, quite frankly. Um, it's missing just basic principles of storytelling to make it feel like it's got any kind of like, uh, you know, propulsion through the the story. Mm-hmm. And I do think some moments of it are cheesy. The CG on the the villains is bad. So I, I like I'm actively just repulsed every time they're on screen, and I'm not like enjoying the action that's happening because of that. I'm just thinking these look terrible, and I'm I'm taken out of the movie because of it. So four out of ten. I think it's a bad movie. I can't recommend. I am Legend. Watch the the Heston or the Vincent Price one. They're both better. They're both flawed. Neither one's a great movie but well the nice thing about the vincent price one is that riff tracks actually came out with a with their their version of it too so you can watch it with um, riff tracks very good very good i think that's movie feels really soulless to me it feels like i say i started off this by saying it's very glossy in hollywood but i really mean that like through and through it feels like just oh we wanted a will smith movie to come out in the summer and this is what we've turned into a Will Smith movie without actually turning yeah. it into like, the charismatic Will Smith who's cracking like the, one, he, the Will Smith that people like. He could have cracked one liners to the dog. If he's talking to the dog anyway, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he was sort of getting there with the mannequins. A little bit. With the barista mannequin, you know? A little bit. Um, but that Will Smith's been gone a long time because he's not came back. Like, we've not had that Will Smith since before I Am Legend. No. What did Jada do to him? Actually, I think I might know. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's a serious actor uh, from this point on. Uh, well, I say that. He, he's in After Earth a few years later. So, <laughs> I mean, it would be... I mean, it is a serious role, but I don't know if he was like... Like, did he believe in that script? I'm not sure. I think sure. it was more like, I want to get, I want to make sure my son's a, a leading man <laughs> one day. So. Which, to be fair, his daughter's in this. Oh, she is? Yeah, that's his, his, his daughter. Yeah, his daughter in the flashbacks is his real daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, which is funny because when I looked up at IMDb and I was just looking at the cast list, like the photo, obviously she's like twenty now because yeah. it's been sixteen years. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, she she is she's old enough to to vote and and drink and all those other things, and, and that makes me feel that makes me feel ancient, frankly. <laughs> Wait, is that her song? Did she sing that? I think. Uh, no, you're probably right. I just, I, I wasn't sure if that was a, 
like a direct reference because it was re relevant to her. But yeah, yep. okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that, honestly, this movie in a lot of ways just kind of like is... It's, it's like emblematic of what kind of mediocre Hollywood was in this time period. Like, I think if you wanted to show someone what was mediocre Hollywood cinema like in the mid-2000s, they'd be like, here's I Am Legend. You could also the summer blockbuster, yeah. But sadly, you know, for Will Smith's career, it's also Hitch. It's also... No, no, Hitch. That's not the one. Hancock. Hitch, the... Yeah, Hitch was okay. Hancock was also like so depressing. Yeah, Han <laughs> Han Hancock and this go hand in hand. Uh, that was yeah. a few years after this, I think. But uh, just really mediocre, like summer blockbuster. That I mean, this we're one didn't fail because it made money. But superheroes, super serious, and then make them also incredibly boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like charismatic Will Smith? Nope, you don't get it. No. So anyway, there you go. That's I Am Legend. Uh, and I've just realized that Tara is leaving the show before we've done After Earth, which... <laughs> uh, they came off a lot more witch-like than I am <laughs> intended uh, it to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to pass this on to David and let him know that After Earth's still on the to-do list. I'm sure and, um, I haven't seen iRobot either. Maybe that one's better. I don't know. I didn't see it. Uh... It's not great. I think it's better than this from memory, but it's been a while. But, mm -hmm. I mean, we'll find out. We'll do it someday. Uh, you guys will. So, uh, But anyway, that's the that's the show. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, you can... Oh, I'm just... I'm just watching my cat stretch while he's sleeping, and he's just... He's inching the pile of laundry closer and closer to the edge of the desk, and I'm, I'm getting Yee. ready to dive at him. Uh, next time is Turbo Kid, right? Turbo Kid is the, our last post-apocalyptic film, and then we have a selection of sequels after that, which are basically going to be me and Tara tying up some loose ends, finishing up the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids trilogy, finishing off the original Star Wars trilogy, finishing Cube. off the Cube movies, yeah, getting all those done um, to, to wrap things up just in time before Tara's ready to call it a day on the show. So... You can head over to patreon.com slash TV and get some bonus content. Um, check out the other shows. Uh, check out Collector's Cut because David's going to be on Ace uh, in the not-too-distant future, so you may want to see what he's like. Uh, so go go do that. Uh, but that is the show, so thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching the movies. Uh, keep watching the sci-fi and computer ad cells. <laughs> <laughs>